There's this aphorism, this mantra, this doctrine, if you will, that floats around the performing arts world that I've heard for years, and it goes something like this. You're only as good as your last gig. Now, I know this isn't just a music thing. I know different versions of this float around. For some reason, my uh, younger brother, AJ, who's a gymnast at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, pops into my and I'm assuming, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you a little something about sports and athletes. No, <laughs> but I just assume that in that world, the same thing applies that like you're only as good as your last meet or you're, you're only as good as your last sales pitch or as your last game, whatever it is, whatever industry you're is where you have to show up and kill it at something. I'm assuming that phrase uh, still applies. And I know, man, I know it can be beneficial in some ways, in that, you know, for me, uh, this was something that was floating around in my circle of friends when I was first starting out in music, and it has the opportunity to spur on the drive to show up every time and treat every gig like it is the most important gig, instead of just like brushing some off, oh, this one's not that important. No, it's show up every time and kill it. But the problem is, for specifically for me, is that I have this propensity uh, to easily remember the negative things in my life, the fails, the losses, the things I'm naturally not good at. And it, I don't know, like it, just like the positive things in my past somehow just get buried in my mind. A negative part of this quote is that it instills within me, at least, a habit of whenever I'm looking at, uh, to see how I'm doing or what I'm good at or like my like measurement of myself. It instills this habit to constantly look backwards. Today, I want to share with you, um, share, maybe share is not even the right word. Today, I want to sh um, admit to you something that I am naturally shit at when it comes to relationships, specifically long distance relationships. I frustrated multiple friends in my life. Uh, multiple friendships uh, have just uh, not been sustained because of this truth. Uh, and I've just chalked it up to, well, you know, I'm just naturally not good at this. But if you were listening to yeah, the, the last episode here on the podcast, you know that I was recently down in Nebraska for my grandfather's funeral. And while I was there, I was going through Papa's desk, cleaning it out for my grandma. And I discovered something something that made me realize I might have had a misunderstanding of who this man was. This thing that I'm naturally bad at with friends, he's always been really great at. And I've always assumed he was just naturally awesome at that. But what I found in his desk made me think maybe he wasn't as naturally great at that as I thought. And maybe that doesn't matter. I am horrible at keeping in touch with friends long distance. And I've always just chalked it up 
with the fact that I'm I'm just not naturally good at reaching out and jumping on the phone or sending a text to someone that I haven't seen in a couple months. Uh, and it's even come up in conversations. I remember I was grabbing beers with my buddy Andre uh, a couple months ago. And we were talking about this thing. And he is, says he's the same way when it comes to friends. And he was like, yeah, you and I are the same. Like we are in this, in this. like we have... Uh, quality time is not necessarily one of our high love language is so the positive of this is that we can, like for me I can not see a friend for years and then we can get together and start up a conversation and it's like no time has passed yeah yeah catch me up I want to hear all about the past couple of years of your life uh, but there's, I never feel like this weird, oh, we haven't seen each other in a while. This is a little awkward. That just doesn't exist for me. Uh, and that's a positive thing. And I know Andre was saying that thing, that too. But then again, because of that, you know, I've just naturally chalked up. Well, I'm not good at keeping in touch with people. And I've had multiple friends, uh, right now, like a few are popping to mind uh, and they moved overseas. I'm thinking of, uh, two couples that, uh, were some of our closest friends. They moved overseas. And over the past couple of years, I've just not been great at prioritizing jumping on the phone, checking back in, pulling up a phone, sending out a text message, whatever that looks like. Uh, and I just chalk it up. So I'm, oh, that's just, I'm just naturally not good at that. Uh, my grandfather died of a stroke a few weeks back and uh, I go down and I, my grandma asked me to find a couple things as desk. So I was sitting at his computer and it's so funny because his desk. I'm, I mean, I'll just, I like to paint a picture of his desk. I'll just paint a picture of my desk right now. I'm in my studio and I'm sitting at a, um, like a dark wood, almost mahogany, uh, large roll top desk. Like I've got this, there's this door right here that's on hinges that can roll down like one of those old writer's desk that you'd see. That's what I'm That's what I have. And I've rigged it up. It's like the most old timey desk, but I've rigged it up to be the most high tech vintage desk ever and so uh like over here on my right i've got a bunch of cables that are all wired into it so if i need to record bass i just grab a cable and it's uh, already plugged in good to go uh on my left the side of it i've just got a bunch of pictures uh, and quotes taped up on it i've got books in here i've got a lamp everything i need to create is i don't have to stand up to grab anything uh, and I was surprised. I mean, I know my uh, grandpa had his desk, but I'd never, you know, it's like his thing. Like you don't sit at it, you don't touch it. I remember uh, uh, Mima was never allowed to dust it because everything was in its right place for him, even the dust. And I feel the same exact way about mine. So I'm sitting down at his desk and uh, I'm going through it. And uh, I, I start recognizing like similarities between us and how we think about things, at least how we store different things and keep stuff. Uh, and as I'm going through looking for this uh, book of passwords that he kept, all of a sudden I notice this stack of envelopes sitting on the side of his desk. And if you, you to know, understand how big of a deal this was for me, you have to understand a thing about uh, Papa. He was incredible about being on top of sending you cards for anniversaries, birthdays, and other special events. Uh, so I think those were like the two main things, anniversaries and then your birthday. He ne I can't think, I'm 36 years old, and I can't think of a single year that went by that I didn't get a card 
in my mailbox before my birthday, like either the week of or a couple weeks before, but it was it was never late from Papa. He was always so killer about that. Uh, and then when I got married to Sarah, same thing with the anniversaries, like these obscure things that he just was on top of. And I knew, I like, well, I not knew, I guess I just assumed. Yeah, my entire life, I just assumed, oh man, here's someone that's really good at something naturally. And I, I took their actions, what they did on their habits on a regular basis, and I judged that against my own natural behind-the-scenes thought process, natural instincts of me being shit at this. I'm like, oh, yeah, this drives almost, it almost like drives in deeper how bad I am about sending out cards or calling on people's birthdays or reaching out to friends. Yeah, someone else's being good at something, for me, drove in the fact that I'm just naturally not good at that. Uh, so I found this stack of cards. Uh, this was, you know, the the end of January is when I'm sitting at his desk. And I, I pick up these letters and they're envelopes and they're all addressed to friends and family members. Uh, and they, they're, they have a stamp on each one of them and then they have his like return address. Like they're ready to go. They could, they look like they could just be, right, be dropped in the mail. They're still, they're sealed and everything. But as I'm holding the stack of like 15 to 20 cards, uh, in my hands, I start looking through that and every single one of them has a post-it note and on the post-it note, it says mail and then the abbreviation NLT and then a date on it. And at f- first, for like a split second, I was confused about this. I was like, oh man, what, what, man NL, what does NLT mean? And then I was like, I'm flipping through the cards and I can kind of see through the backs of a couple of them and they say happy birthday on them. And I realized that NLT means no later than. So he has these, these, re- these reminders mailed no later than this date so that it would go out on time. And I'm looking through them and what I notice is all of these cards were for family members who had either a birthday or anniversary within the next two months. I think it ended, there were like some left over in January and then it went through February. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, it struck me because I like, I just, I don't know. I guess it just goes back to these assumptions I have when people are killer at something like, oh yeah, you just think of someone and like, I just, I have this, even even sending out letters or birthday cards, I have this romantic view of like, oh yeah, you know, oh, I wake up in the morning and who comes to mind? Oh, I think I go through the Rolodex of my friends in my mind and I, oh, I'll sit down and I'll hand write and I'll kiss this uh, letter and stick an envelope and I'll send that one thing out today and then tomorrow I'll do the same and I'm naturally constantly thinking of all my friends and I think that's, I don't know, that sounds obnoxious, but I guess that's how I viewed uh, how he naturally was in my mind, right? And I realized, oh no, this was important to him. Like remembering birthdays, anniversaries, sending cards to people, this was important to him, so he prioritized it. He set aside time unromantically he set aside time in a schedule like you would set aside a dentist appointment and he sat down and he wrote them all out then then he has a stack of them and then he set another schedule on his phone like you would the commitment that you made to somebody to get together for beers he put those on each of them he scheduled 
being sentimental. I was really curious about uh, the feelings that came up in my mind because uh, it's just how I think. Like, okay, now I'm realizing it wasn't just na- it was, maybe it wasn't as natural as I thought. Does it may does that mean I feel like any less special about the cards because he scheduled it? Fuck no. No way in hell do I. It, it, they, none of them are. If anything, it's more meaningful that he, he cared so much that he prioritized it. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm holding these cards. It made me think, like, well, of like, of course, like this is a, like a, I had, I'm like really. I have, right now I'm telling you this. I have goosebumps thinking about this. I go back to this feeling of of courseness. Of course, the, it would, I have, I know this for years of performing. I know it in my freaking bones that natural talent is not the determining factor of success in music. Not only is it not the determining factor, like it's not even the main largest factor when it comes to being successful in music. Yes, it plays a part, but things like curiosity, grit, fortitude, determination, work ethic, uh, these things I've always put far more importance uh, when it comes to uh, when every time I think about music, man, I'm sitting here. What I'm not saying is, and I don't even I don't even want to have a conversation here necessarily about the importance or the contrast between natural talent and work ethic and time spent working on something. That's not even what I'm talking about. I guess I'm just sitting here. I've got in front of me the last of these cards because uh, I, I grabbed the stack of cards uh, from Papa's desk. I brought them home and I've been writing a little note on the back of each one and dropping them in the mail so people don't get freaked out by a card getting sent from the grave. The great beyond is sending me a birthday card. No, I am just, I guess this morning, this Tuesday morning, I'm sitting here holding these cards and I'm thinking simply about how much more interesting my life would have been if I would have learned earlier that maybe you're only as good as your last gig isn't as important. Maybe like maybe the curious version of that, the key to living a curious life would be recognizing that maybe just knowing that you can prioritize being good at something too. <laughs> Jeez, I say that all the time. Uh, I say all the time. I wish I would have known when I was earlier. Uh, I've actually now that I'm thinking about that, I actually want to take that back. I'm. I think rather, instead, I would rather look back on my life and thank my past self for getting me here safely. Maybe who I need to thank is Papa for leaving me these hints and secrets to living a curious life.